calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome, Anil. Thank you for joining the My Charter Story podcast. Thank you very much, Lauren. It's great to be with you today. As you know, this is a new format of My Charter Story that focuses on opportunities presented to CFA charter holders, specifically as a result of their engagement with the CFA Society community. Before we get into that, I wanted to touch on how you became interested in a career in finance. I see that you first started off in accounting. Yes, Lauren, very correctly said. In my view, there is a lot of cross-connectivity and overlap in what we do in accounting and then what you look at in financial analysis and security management. So when I was in a career related to accounting, I got very interested in finance as a core element and analyzing securities became a sort of passion. So I decided to shift into a career which would lead me closer to research, analysis and managing assets. When I did that, I realized that it would be very useful for me to gain further knowledge enhancement and hence it led me towards the CFA program. Talk about your experience going through the program and what you did to prepare for each of the levels and any resources you might have used. In my view, the CFA program is a very beautifully designed program as a combination of practical work experience and reading of the content and material. So I felt that the fact that I was working in the asset management industry in India while I started doing my CFA program, that was one very useful element and it helped me a lot in the preparation for the CFA program. And one thing which worked well for me, and I keep saying that to all my young professionals, that if you look at the CFA program as an examination, you have half the battle lost. You have to look at it as pure knowledge enhancement. It is something that you are doing out of your passion for getting more knowledge about this particular field. And hence, you will enjoy the reading and the preparation for your CFA L1, L2, L3. So if you are able to follow this very basic and simple principle, that's one of the first milestone achieved. In addition to that, I feel in today's time, when I did my CFA program, we didn't have so much access to technology and uh, tools. But in today's program, excellent material is available digitally as well as physical format, which is provided by CFA Institute for all three L1, L2 and L3. And I believe that if as a candidate, one can use this uh, content, you will have a wonderful experience in your CFA program and uh, you will be able to master it very well. Yeah, very well said. The exam is just half of the experience. You are currently serving as a director and are the former vice chairman of CFA Society India and have been volunteering with the society for more than a decade. How did you first become involved? Superb question, Lauren. I think after I got my CFA charter and I became a member of the CFA Institute as well as the CFA Society in India, at that point of time, I realized that there was so much more that I could do by contributing more to the society, by contributing to our member fraternity. And also, to be very honest, I had a selfish motive that I will need to learn from various other 
colleagues who have CFA members, CFA uh, Society India members, and who are maybe in their professional field much more senior to me. So if I was to try and network with them just outside of uh, the this platform, it would have been virtually impossible. I got the opportunity to uh, work as a volunteer with some of the biggest names in the Indian capital market industry across various segments of the BFSI industry just because I became a volunteer. And the best part I found about this was that as I started a little bit uh, contributing, there would be more work coming as a volunteer. So it was a very fulfilling experience and you are contributing to something, putting in effort, you are seeing the impact of it on ground, whether it's for member value, whether it's for advocacy with regulators, whether it's for enhancing knowledge, enhance, uh, enhancing knowledge for members by curating or planning conferences and events, or it's by doing outreach to very young professionals. We had done uh, something interesting called CFA Institute Research Challenge, where we had approached large number of B-schools. So across various initiatives, if one is able to recognize the output and see the actual impact that it is being uh, created, then you feel even more motivated. So my motivation was very simple. I wanted to try and contribute back to the industry in some way. And at a selfish motive, I wanted to learn, I wanted to network, meet with other people uh, in the uh, marketplace. Thank you for your candor. Can you share a couple specific opportunities that have been presented to you through your involvement as a volunteer with the society? One very important thing as a volunteer I realized is that what does not get paid for this service, I mean the, the volunteering effort, but you get a lot of learning and experience which you cannot attribute any value to. So I'll give you an example. I got to become the committee chair for one of the particular committee after a couple of years of volunteering. Then after some time, there was an opportunity to become a board member. So I got elected as a board member in the CFA Society India. At that point of time, I was a sort of, you know, in a middle management role in my day job where I was working in the asset management industry in India. A couple of years later on, there was a big opportunity within our group entity to become the CEO of a newly started subsidiary company or a new business vertical. And my name got picked up for that due to various internal rationale and reasons. And I did not hesitate to jump on it because I was already handling a leadership role in the CFA Society India as a board member. So though it was in a voluntary capacity, uh, I'm sorry, volunteer capacity, but it had given me a lot of grounding, a lot of learning of how to work with stakeholders, how to get work done with large set of people spread across the country. India, Lauren, as you might know, is geographically very spread. So at that point of time, we had a, like about uh, as a business presence across, let's say, 60 cities in India. So I was working with multiple such challenges. But my exposure and experience that time working as a board member in volunteer capacity with CFA Society India, where at that time, I remember we had got about six chapters, six cities, not 50, like what we had in a day job. And I was uh, trying to convince the relevant stakeholders to set up two or three new chapters for the CFA Society India. So that exposure and experience of getting things done, exploring new geographies, all that helped me a lot in my this role and I could deliver in a good way in my day job. So I feel that sometimes these opportunities, though in some form one might feel they are a thankless job, many times a lot of people in my workplace or even to be very honest, in my personal life, you know, would say, Post, what are you doing? You are doing a thankless job. Why are you spending so much time and effort? But I feel that being a volunteer with a local society, whichever part of the world you are in, 
I urge all of us as CFA society, as CFA institute community members to join your local society in some or the other form as a volunteer. And I assure you, I mean, it's my personal experience. It will be very fulfilling somewhere or the other. The benefits will come to you in forms that you could never actually imagine. Yep. Certainly as a, a wonderful way to get that experience. And there's so many opportunities to volunteer with societies that can start as micro opportunities and build, as you said, from committee chair on onto board members. So it's great to hear how you translated that experience into your professional career. A lot of society leaders that I talk to share that meeting other CFA charter holders from around the world is part of the very rewarding experience of volunteering. Do you share the same view and uh, what connections have you made with society leaders beyond CFA Society India? I feel that this is a very powerful platform. Today, world over, we are close to about 175 or 200,000 members of CFA Institute world over. And being such a close-knit community, I have seen myself that people go out of the way to help each other. So I'll give one example. Like I mentioned, I got the opportunity to become the CEO and Chief Investment Officer of this new vertical, which was set up. Uh, it was a pension fund management company. And in India, it was very nascent industry at that point of time. So less of awareness of what, how it will shape up. So that time within our CFA member directory, I looked up some colleagues who were part of Singapore in a similar profile. And without taking names, I mean, I, I reached out saying that, uh, look, I'm Anil and I'm part of uh, you know, CFA Society India as a volunteer and I'm based in India. I wanted to reach out to take your help and see how this industry has developed in your market, you know. And I've seen people have gone out of way to connect, explain their side of the industry or give opinion, views. Now, one can assume that, okay, well, maybe she or he was a very genuine and good professional. If I would have reached out even otherwise through LinkedIn saying, hey, I'm Anil and can you help me? Maybe she or he would have helped. I don't know. But if you have a common platform saying, hey, I'm part of CFA Institute and I'm a member, it immediately brings you at a much more higher level of comfort. You know that the person on the other side of the table or on the other side of the phone or the video is somebody who brings on the table similar values, similar ethics, similar knowledge. So you feel high level of comfort either to engage, to just share views or I have seen a lot in, in many, many ways doing business also becomes so much comfortable and so much more convenient. So I'll take another example where, you know, as a society volunteer, sometimes, you know, we have these leadership conferences where multiple societies come together for brainstorming next year's strategies and all. Over there also, you make so many very interesting friends and professional colleagues that you get to know each other and very often certain business opportunities come up from there, which, as I said, you know, are just not possible otherwise. So I feel that as a networking platform, the, this is a wonderful opportunity. You get to meet a lot of people. You get to know a lot of people. And the best part of all of this is that the other person immediately feels comfortable if you are on the same platform on the CFA Institute as a charter holder. So one loses that shield or you know there is less of hesitation to share information or to uh, give any kind of inputs. We have societies in over 160 markets around the world, and they serve between 50 and 11,000 members and certainly are, are working with different circumstances. But at the end of the day, while the societies share the common bond of providing member value, supporting candidates, being a leader within their markets, the last few years have made that challenging for this network as, as well as every, every other business in the world. CFA Society India was recognized by CFA Institute 
with an Impact and Innovation Award in 2021 for its response to serving members and local markets during the pandemic. Can you talk about how the volunteers and staff adapted to the changing environment and continued to provide member value to, during this time? Structurally, Lauren, those were very challenging times for all of us across the world. What we tried to do is that we made our best effort to ensure two things. Part number one, that we are in touch with our member community as much as possible. Physical touch was not possible, so we did a digital outreach. In India, I remember distinctly, it was uh, March 2020 when our Prime Minister came on public media and announced complete lockdown for 21 days. Of course, that time nobody knew the gravity of the situation, the 21 days will be like just the starting. So we said, okay, this is something very unique. And so we started a practice that we will do one webinar a day on all these dates. We thought that, okay, 21 webinars, we'll get good speakers, request them. So we, all of us got together, we pulled in our collective resources. Some of our key volunteer colleagues, including board members, etc., are in their own capacity, very senior professionals whom people would like to hear. So one or two sessions maybe uh, were done with internal uh, volunteers and board members. Then other than that, we got very interesting sessions by external people, by external uh, community, which included some very uh, high profile names. And all of them were also very comfortable and eager to partner because of the credibility that we bring on the table, you know, as uh, CFA Society India. So every evening, there was a fixed time for these 21 days. We would do a webinar and engaging Q&A after that. So we were fortunate that before this pandemic hit, we had already explored a couple of such events and digital and webinars. So we had all our platforms already. Otherwise, see now today, it's easy that everybody has access to Zooms and podcasts and all. But that time, it was not so common, I mean, to have large technology platform which can support suddenly 500 members logging in, 1,000 people logging in and listening and having Q&A, you know. Gradually, they were. But we were fortunate we had that infrastructure in place so we could hit the ground running with these uh, webinars and good quality content. And mind you, this was in the very first two weeks or three weeks of the so-called uh, long uh, period of work from home culture. So today people are like, oh, there is a, or maybe after about six, eight months, there was a overdose and people were getting fatigue of listening to webinars. But when we did it, it was still a novelty. Oh, yes, I am sitting at home. I am locked in, but doesn't matter today evening. Uh, I will have something to look forward to. I'll connect with a few of the colleagues on the chat window and I'll listen to some very senior person and she or he will share some latest insights, updates of what's happening in the global markets or what's a driving current fear factor or whatever it might be. You know? So it helped a lot to enhance our connect with the member community. And of course, our, our focus has always been that we do many things for members as well as candidates, which is like overall our community. And we are also open for non-members. So some other senior professionals who are technically not part of our community also, they got benefited and they got connected. So I feel that was one important thing from our outreach to members and the industry. As regards staff, you're right, we had like a small staff team and it was very important to keep them also comfortable. So in fact, uh, about the, I don't remember exit, but maybe about two weeks or 15, 20 days before this formal lockdown was announced. There was already news that things were a little bit spreading and all. So we had given full freedom to all staff colleagues that do not come to the office physically, work from home. And, you know, after this happened, of course, we made it even more strict that mandatory do not come, you know, do not even venture out. And for that also, what we did is we, because suddenly it was happening. So they also were feeling very 
left out. So at that time, I remember I started like as as a, as a sorry not I but overall as a as a board, we started a kind of a by I mean one once in a three days like two times a week like a call video call with all the staff members. Then we moved to once a week or a little bit once a month later on. But initial just to make sure everybody's fine, anybody needs anything, let us know how is the work going, how you are managing personal life. So that gave the staff also suddenly a very big comfort factor that okay, you know uh, we are working. This is our day job, fine. But the volunteer people who are there as our sort of leaders and guiding factor, they are also there to support us. So that ensured motivated staff continuing with unique way of delivering member value. Uh, then after that, we successfully did like many other marquee events. Also, we did career events. We did a charter award ceremony digitally. You know, so it helped a lot in ensuring we remained in top of mind recall to the best extent possible. Now, certain things are not possible in replacing virtual connect, but we ensured our best foot was put forward, and technology helped us because we had some of the tools well in advance. Coincidentally, we had never planned it this way, but it helped in a in a big way. Wow, twenty one webinars in twenty one days is quite impressive. Yeah, um, and certainly I know it helps to have. And I mean, I don't know exact number, but like we did webinar a day every day, so it was like something where that time everybody was wow, okay, you're you you. I mean, and it was a lot of hard work because to reach out to everybody in such a short notice that I want your time next week, I want your time tomorrow, and and you know such senior people in the marketplace saying that okay, we want two hours of your time. So we used all our energy and resources through whatever connectivity we could manage and we did a good lineup of speakers, you know. And some of the speakers were otherwise not possible even for us to imagine they would come and speak on our event. Like we, we got like uh, one of the past uh, governors of Reserve Bank of India, that is India Central Bank. We got some very large, uh, I mean, uh, a few other names. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my mind, but one or two such not usually expected people who were, you know, not generally visible in public media, they were kind enough to come and talk to us and also it was very good learning for all of us. Well, pivoting a little bit to your current career and other professional activities, I've seen you're quite active on social media and have been invited to speak on various topics. You served as a judge in student competitions and as a member of a student magazine editorial board. What topics are you most interested in now and what are what are you speaking about and writing about? So I would split this into two parts. One is like you mentioned, speaking in student events, B-schools uh, and judging conferences and all that. And second is uh, talking about asset management, wealth management, asset allocation, ETFs and index fund, which is my focus on my day job related activity. I work in the asset management industry in India with one of the country's top 10 asset managers. So in the first part, talking about young professionals, I made it a point that I try as much as possible to connect with young professionals because I, I caught it out from one of our CFA Institute things, which was uh, a campaign done a couple of years back called the future of finance, you know. So I always say that, you know, the future of finance, of course, that was in different contexts. But here and I always say that these young professionals, you are the future of finance. So it is my duty and my selfish interest to spend as much as effort and time I can for engaging with you, showcasing some areas of learning or how to build your career or how to think about what's happening in the current market environment. So there then what I did, I realized at some point of time that due to the CFA connectivity also because very uh, large number of young professionals do reach out that, okay, you are a CFA job provider and I have an aspiration to pursue the CFA program. So how can you help us and guide us? And it's, it's very fulfilling when, you know, some of these professionals 
grow as a uh, profession as as uh, people in that industry some of them uh, you know coincidentally very often have landed up hiring and being part of my team as well so it's it's a very good feeling and good experience in terms of how i try to engage with them is that i i try to make sure that there is a very open communication and the best of whatever i have learned over these let's say two decades i try to squeeze it into like a short powerpoint so i i make sure that for before each session it's not that i just go and sit and say okay i'll drop something random out of the way but for before each session i make a short note or a short deck little bit customized to the crowd or the kind of people whom i'm talking to so that they also feel very engaged very connected and it acts as a good base for the meeting so i feel that that is one area where i engage with external people and as regards my day job of course that is much more dynamic because you are talking about the current situation of the capital markets both global markets top down how they are impacting in terms of macro dynamics and micro micro areas in terms of certain sectors or certain uh, products that we are trying to highlight which can be benefited uh, by the investor community and structurally in that in that outreach my main focus has always been that how we can help to give better outcomes to our investors today end of the day we are running the business of asset management but i feel we are in the business of risk management and it's having a service to the client in terms of helping the client reach their financial goals or their life goals just other than that saying that oh i have generated x percentage returns in my portfolio i have delivered so much alpha or something that is meaningless that is for putting up as a trophy on your wall it is of no use you know if you are not able to make a difference to the life of the investor who is interested his or her hard earned money either in individual capacity or through institutional pool whatever might be the situation so that's the key in in that message how investor can be better aware of the areas of the investments and the risks involved so that has been my focus and in all of these two areas to be very honest the learnings that i have got from the cfa program and then the ongoing knowledge enhancement from the cfa community from the networking events from the knowledge sessions that is extremely extremely useful uh, a lot of my daily knowledge enhancement comes from my reading of our enterprise blog or watching some of our uh, global videos or, or or attending our conferences that we organize at cfa society india i always believe i mean uh, a lot of my professional success i attributed to the fact that i got the opportunity to be associated with cfa society india and cfa institute program umbrella and it has helped a lot in in all of this my outreach to external community both student community or investor community professionals in the marketplace that was great let's just wrap up here with one more question which i know you've touched on but let's give some little nuggets here what advice do you have for young professionals as they consider a career in finance one very basic and key aspect for a career in finance is that you need to focus on the core the core of finance is how you are able to analyze data and connect it with what is happening in the real world if you are able to do that successfully then whether you are in the business of let's say investment banking or asset management or research some of these fundamental points will be common across these fields so if you are able to do that then you will be very successful in your career and first and foremost thing which we need to keep in mind as we embark on that journey is to keep the central focus on ethics 
we have learned or if you are a candidate just now you will learn it through l1 l2 and l3 of the cfa program in a very big manner the focus is on ethics as a topic now that is one can argue just for the sake of reading and understanding and learning but even after you complete the level 1 level 2 and level 3 and get your charter and you are in the practice each and every day when you wake up you have to always remember i have a small chart on my softboard it's a combination of like how ethics and then all, all things are surrounded by that you know as a like the solar system like a sun and then everything is revolving around it so no matter what you do in your career if you are the star fund manager of the market you belong to or you are the best deal maker doing the largest investment banking deals or you are the finest analyst or supporting technology platforms or or the best risk manager doing your core job of managing risk if you fail even to a small point in this area of ethics then there is the end of your professional life or your career even if it's not at any point of time found out or you don't even get penalized for it in physical format or or it by regulator internally within your mind within your life within your heart you will never be able to be successful so i've been fortunate to be associated again with my employers i've been with the same employer group for the last 20 years and before that also the companies where i worked with i've been fortunate to be associated with top down management where messaging to us each and every person on the ground right from like my chairman and to the receptionist on the front door is that always we focus on ethics over profits we will not mind letting go couple of 100 million dollar worth of business or aum flow but even if couple of rupees or couple of dollars worth of anything is being done which is not in the best interest of investors we will stay away from it so line with what we believe as a is a core fundamental aspect of the cfa program which is our foundation in cfa l1 l2 and l3 which is there in learning but in daily life any bond of time in your career this always has to be your key focus ethics over profits it's great comment to wrap this conversation up thank you so much for sharing your charter story and your involvement with the cfa society community and how cfa program has supported you in your career it's also been wonderful to hear how you are giving back and educating young professionals on the opportunities that are presented to them so again thank you so much for sharing your story most welcome not always great to be with you Thank you.